This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. It's Monday morning. It's a massive week. We're going to be talking about uh, what's coming up in week four all through this week. Of course, uh, here, Barton Simmons right there. We're going to have the midweek shows with a special highlight on the Georgia-Notre Dame, on Texas A&M-Auburn. Of course, you know that we've got those locks. You want those locks. Come get these locks. The best way to get it is, of course, to subscribe, review, and rate. We appreciate all the interaction. Barton Simmons, uh, shoot, like three three games down for those teams that have not already taken a week off. Uh, that's, that's a quarter of the way through the season. So how would you grade yourself? We've had four. If you count week zeros, we've had four uh, football Saturdays. How are you feeling about yourself? What kind of interim report would you give yourself? Pretty good. On the experts picks on the CBS page, um, I think I'm, I don't know, I'm around 500. But uh, it's so nice when we finally get to get past this uh, phase where we're like discussing whether or not a 45-point underdog covers. Right. Know, like, can, can Georgia – cover the 50 point spread against an FCS team like that. I'm glad we're through that part of the year. We're now you know, last week we started to see, even though it was not a great week in terms of top 25 matchups, we got a couple of actual, you know, two living, breathing teams playing each other and starting to get a feel for who's who and what's what. And I feel okay about, you know, the way I felt coming into the year. I feel okay. My, Hey, my playoffs are, I feel as confident as ever in my playoffs. Um, which is, you know, Georgia, couldn't say that last year. Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. I mean, Clemson, Oklahoma. No, mine was Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Oh, that looks good. That looks really good. We probably we probably gave you a hard time for just just picking all the blue bloods, but uh, looking well, you pretty know what? good like, right it, now. What, I tell you what, there was a lot of. I, I was not alone in that pick in the CBS experts. I think there were several other people that had those four. Maybe two or three others had those four, so or, or two, two or three total. So that's the first time I've been part of the consensus, and I can't say that I expected to be part of the consensus there, but uh, I don't know. Those those appear to be popular picks. So um, re-racking our playoff picks, you know, I I obviously lost uh, my beloved USC Trojans. I've, I probably have decided that I would slide – a, another SEC team, be that LSU or Georgia, into their spot. I'll I'll stick with my Oklahoma. I'll stick with my Clemson. I, I thought it'd be a more uh, a more interesting conversation to to go conference by conference and kind of see as some of these teams that that aren't up there at the top in the college football playoff discussion, but certainly are among the most fascinating, interesting, talented, and and uh, fun teams to discuss. As those teams have certainly shuffled in the way we view them, we're going to get a chance to sort of re-rack the way that we see these conferences. Uh, but before we do, I want to ask you, Barton, have you, did you ever, or maybe has a has scout taken out to uh, try to go with the lemonade stand? Did you ever have success uh, with the <laughs> lemonade stand, Barton Simmons? Um, I, I yeah, I have. I've been I've lemonade standed it up, and I tell you, the lemonade stands. It's all about high traffic, and if you can get some traffic, even if it even if it's uh, traffic like automobile traffic, like you'll get some stops. And people just hand you a $20 bill. So you can rack up some serious dough. And if you've got a, a catch, if you have something that can 
I don't know, be, be, be deemed as cute and funny in addition, you're in pretty good shape. So some, some, some folks down in Tallahassee had it all figured out. They must have racked up. The Tallahassee Democrat reports that four-year-old Florida State fan Clayton Grant set up free Willie lemonade stand in front of his grandmother's house. Barton, he charged $20 a cup. It makes it even better that it's in front of his grandmother's house. And raised $241 in three hours. <laughs> his, That's a good day's work right His there. father matched the $241 and they, made a, uh, and they made a contribution to the Seminole Boosters to raise money. So the, the purpose of this is um, we've got lemonade stands that Florida State fans, young Florida State fans who said, I'm tired of losing football games and being made fun of at school for being a Seminole fan. Uh, you know, they they are hitting that level with Willie Taggart because if Florida State were to fire Willie Taggart, he would be owed a good portion of the remaining sum of his contract. According to Football Scoop, that number is roughly $17 million. Now, there is one line of thinking in football, college football that's like, uh, you know, oh, it, it's just money. Anybody could, could pull it together. You just got to get some donors. But I, I, I wonder... Uh, I wonder if you think right now, like I enjoy the fact that fans are just losing their mind. That feels very just sort of, I don't know, falls in line with sort of the Florida State ethos right now. But I, I wonder, is it at what point are you willing to creep into that part of your mind where you start to imagine that a change might be made? I still can't get there. Can you like who would and not who would they even hire? If if and and this would and and Willie Taggart was. Option A, B, C, the, the, he was the guy they wanted. No hesitation. Oh, Jimbo's gone? Okay. Tally-ho. See you later. We got Willie Taggart coming in. So you thought this was the guy anyways. Like it, there was – I don't know if I'm misremembering it, but it feels like it wasn't even people that disappointed to see Jimbo go. They were glad to see Willie come in, some new blood. And, and now just a couple years later – um, I, I think it would be, it would, I still think it takes absolute total and utter disaster for this to actually be a coaching change this year. Don't you think? Yeah. I think, I think you've got to hold on. I think you, I think you've got to ride this one out because there's not a, uh, there's that that's not, you don't want to take in. I would, how about this? I would say the same thing for UCLA. I just don't think you want to take that job to the market right now. Right. I don't I don't right. think I don't think you're going to get an attractive candidate. I don't think that the I don't think the trade-off of both the finances to make the change, both um the buyout of one contract and and getting ready to pay and probably overpay just so that you can attract a good candidate, some someone that's going to uh you know, shout out to our press conference grades like win the press conference. I just, I, I think that right now, uh, I have, I'm comfortable laughing at the lemonade stand because I believe that it won't end that badly this year. Hey, so just, just to go down this road a little further, I'm just genuinely curious and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the top 25 and going sort of envisioning the head coaches I mean, who would Florida State even target? And I'm and we're doing this in real time, so I haven't thought through this. But I mean, I can't really think of a good, clear candidate. Now, obviously, some will emerge as the season approaches, and we and and some of the overachievers and hot names start to pick up steam. But there's really like that's the other problem with this. If you're actually trying to make a uh, a change, this is it's hard to really pinpoint who's a realistic and worthy target. Can you think of anybody that I, makes sense? I mean, you'd like Mark Stoops. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he'll leave for a billion reasons, but it, in my head, the win for Florida state would be like Brent Venables. Like go, like go get one of the, uh, 
one of the top coordinators in the country that's getting that's getting 1.3 or 1.4 whatever they're making and just be like all right man we un- we believe that you are a really good football coach and we need we just need some good football coaching right now we we need better execution on saturdays it ain't a recruiting thing it ain't a talent thing we we just need more competitive teams uh when it comes to like the game planning and, and getting this thing done uh, you know, losing games against teams with lesser talent, that's got to go. That's got to be out of here. You know, I don't like a Dave Aranda, or, you know, just, and who knows if, again, those coaches would even want to take on that kind of challenge. But I think that you're able, you're able to potentially go there without having to run the price up for a sitting power five head coach. What about, give you two, two names as I, as I just think through this. Um, well, I'll give you three. It's just like ideas. Um, how about would Dino Babers be tempting if he can get this moving in the right direction again? Would Luke Fickle be tempting? And how about how about just old Dave, Dave Clausen? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Honestly, those are three really good names. It's, you know, I, I think honestly, Florida State fans would be really disappointed in, in at least Dave Clawson because he doesn't bring the recruiting sex appeal. Sure, but you know that's it's it is a little bit of what you've been missing is just all right. Ground this program in, in you know, buy some buy some bonds, you know, buy some, get some get some surefire returns here and and stop <laughs> stop playing the you know the the volatile market so to speak so are you calling dave clausen some gold bars dave clausen is absolutely you know government backed (laughs) security (laughs) bonds oh man all right so does he have any wins against when i came in here three years ago as wake forest head coach i knew i could be the leader of the seminoles I tell you, he's he's given Florida State some hell. I mean, hadn't Wake Forest been a little bit of a, a thorn in their side? I know it was. I mean, they, right, they, they were all the way back to like, um, uh, what's our what's our guy's name that that uh, Jim Grove? Last, yeah, yeah. They were. I mean, even back to him, there were some. They had some issues with Wake, didn't they? Jim Grobe took four out of six off the Seminoles from 2006 to 2011. There you go. But since 2012, Florida State's won them all. Now, so I'm just thinking of Jim Grobe. Dave Clawson had him at 24-16 in 2015, eight-point loss. Had it at 17 to six in 2016. Had it at 26 to 19. So three one-score games in a row. Last year was a little bit more lopsided, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jim Jim Grobe had it had him going right there when he had Wake Forest winning the ACC. Never forget, no doubt. Um, all right, well, do you want to start right there in the ACC as we dig in here? Let's let's start in the worst conference in college football, in the number five ranked Power Five conference, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, no. No change with the way that I see, obviously, the the very, very top. I, I would ask you for the coastal, how do you have things? And I, I don't have mine listed specifically one through seven. Mine is more tiers and clumps and groups. Is that acceptable for the... Uh, I mean, that's. I, I mean, I'll allow it, but... But you've got one through seven? Out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. I can, I can, I can adjust. All right. Why don't, you, why don't you take me through your coastal? What's it look like? Well, uh, I mean, Virginia won, right? Yeah, agree there. Agree. Uh, I've got, I've, I mean, I got North Carolina too. Um, they beat Miami. They look better than say the Pitt and Duke tier, and then you got Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. So I mean, those are sort of my tiers. I got, I got Virginia, North Carolina, Miami, Pitt, and Duke. And Duke is the one that I'm, you know, that that, you know how Duke is. They they could, they, they could mess around and, and win the division I mean without really looking good one game all year uh, but I've got them right there at what, five mm-hmm. and then I got they got Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech I've Virginia got Vir- Tech 
looked bet, looked worse than Furman at times this weekend, and Georgia Tech lost to the Citadel. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, I, I thought that I was going to come out of here getting ridiculed for putting Virginia Tech in the cellar with Georgia Tech, and yeah, I'd put them a shade ahead. So my Virginia Tech is six, and I thought I thought that I was going to be outlandish talking like that, and you've got it too. Yeah, I mean, at least because Pitt, I mean, that what a classic Pitt game this weekend where – you don't you don't really understand how it happened. They only put up ten points. They threw for like three hundred and forty five yards. They missed a chip shot field goal from the one yard line when they could have punched it in for a game tying score. Like it just it's it's all. I mean it's very Michigan State. So sure. you know credit to Pat Narduzzi for staying on brand through the years. You know taking taking that Michigan State DNA and injecting it into Pitt. But they uh, yeah I mean that's just sort of. They're at least you at least trust them to to make these games weird and ugly, and maybe they do finish. What is it? You know, five and three, and make it to the conference championship game. You know, I wouldn't put it past them, but I, I but that is not going to happen with Virginia Tech. I don't think. All right, for the so oh to review mine, I've got Virginia one, UNC two, Miami three. I still believe Miami's going to be a good football team this year. I've got Pitt four, Duke five, Virginia Tech six, Georgia Tech seven. Yeah, so we're we're exactly the same there. Do you also have Wake Forest number two in the yeah. Atlantic? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, prove like show show me show me a team that's looking at least uh, like it's got an identity or some cohesion right now besides the Clemson Tigers in the ACC Atlantic. Yeah, I've got. I, go ahead. Yeah. Go. No. 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 I'm. I'm. I'm I want to hear what you have. This is because this one's interesting. Um, so go ahead. I want to hear what yours are. NC State three. I'm, I'm okay. Wow. Fresh off getting housed by West Virginia. You're going that high with NC State, huh? I'm too close. I understand. Like there's a there's a saying around the t- triangle. Uh, it's NC State. I'm gonna say stuff. You know, but it's just sort of like the propensity to in those moments. Like there there has not been uh, under Dave Doran quality road non-conference wins and there has not been often for nc state um those kind of quality road non-conference wins everything about the the rosters that we saw going into the game had us believing nc state was going to win and i believe that what we see from the wolfpack moving forward will not be indicative of just uh just a a bad a really really bad performance and that that kind of NC State stuff aspect to this has me willing to willing to overlook that and w- still willing to consider that they're going to win a decent number of ACC games, in, especially in Carter-Finley and in conference play. So I'm going to keep NC State at number three. Uh, I got Syracuse at four, Florida State at five, Louisville at six, and Boston College at seven. Okay. Whew. Yeah, so mine's this is mine's sort of a mess, uh, and and I, look, you are close to the situation in Raleigh. You've probably got a better handle on it than I do. You probably have better perspective. Maybe I've got a little recency bias here, uh, in a negative sense for NC State. I've got them down there second to last because I just, I mean, their quarterback has. I mean, Matt McKay looks limited as a thrower. Buddy, limited is the right word. <laughs> there is a limit on how deep those safeties have to play with Matt McKay under center. Yeah, and the defense was just dis- very disappointing. And I mean, West Virginia. I mean, I don't know. Maybe West Virginia is going to turn out to be pretty good on offense. But and I didn't watch that game start to finish. I know whenever it was on my side TV, it, it was West Virginia just cruising through that defense so that worries me a little bit so i got them maybe lower than i should but um we'll see so i got i got clemson one i got wake two like you three i i actually still have florida state because when i think when i look at this team um they're still i mean they're still clearly the most talented team not named clemson in the whole conference and they're still, I think, showing some signs of life. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I haven't given up on Florida State yet to have a pretty solid year. Um, 
especially because I, you know, I just I feel like they they had some decent moments this past weekend. Uh, my number four team, you're gonna like this one. I got Louisville number four. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hunch about these guys. We'll find out. I mean, this weekend Notre Dame might just get absolutely, you know, steamrolled by that Georgia offensive line. But I was impressed with the way Louisville competed in that game. Sure. That's that's really the only only game we have to to go off of. But they did they did handle business against Western Kentucky. They did blow a team out there supposed to blow out in week two. So I just have some I have some optimism about Louisville that is uh I think is I don't know, maybe unfounded. But I I I got a hunch about them. Boston College next, and this is this is where it's all kind of a mis- you know a, a jumble of of teams that I'm a little indifferent on. Boston College, then NC State, then Syracuse. Syracuse last. Yeah, what? Why do we like? What have we seen from Syracuse to make us think they're good? Fair. That's the thing. That's where I'm at. Is is because preseason, all I kept saying right was that I don't really know. I I I'm pleading ignorance on Syracuse. Sure. I don't get it. You know, I don't know what there's, you know, I guess what it was in the preseason they picked to go, you know, finish second in the division. Mm-hmm. And, and I was sort of like, well, ho, maybe I'm, maybe I'm off here, I, but I don't get it. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And now they've had a, not a great showing against Liberty. They get blown out by Maryland, a team that loses a temple one week later. And they don't, and I mean, a lot of teams are going to have that kind of performance against Clemson, so I'm not going to hold that against them. But we still haven't seen anything to lead me to believe that they're better than any of these teams above them. I am such a sucker for Dino Babers that when he comes out of that game where they were just not competitive and, well, I mean, they moved the ball. They got it in scoring opportunities. They just had to settle for field goals. You know, they did – they. They've had some success, but he came out of that game still pretty confident in that locker room. And I mean, that's his job. I understand that he's a salesman and I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting there, uh, probably, uh, probably as brainwashed as a Syracuse football season ticket holder, maybe without the, the pain of having to, uh, having to actually sit through losses and see your team get lit up by Maryland, uh, a former rival from decades ago. But I, when he says, I think by the end of the year, we're still going to be one of the better teams in this league. I am holding on to that. I'm not willing to put him in the basement. I sent Boston college there for losing to Kansas at home. I mean, Boston college could absolutely deserves any basement treatments. So I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, how do you, how do you do that? Um, I just look at, Yeah. And that's, get that's and get fair. like pushed around. I mean, very disappointing all across the board. Uh, all right, do you want to go to the Big Ten or do you want to go to the Big Twelve? No, we got to hold the big like the Big Twelve is last. That is, yeah, whoo, that's a tough one. Why don't we go Pac twelve? <sighs> okay, you first. All right, Pac twelve South. Now I'm going to start Pac-12 North. This one I have a little better confidence on. All right, so Oregon won. Oregon actually I think is pretty good. I think an Oregon is a very good football team. I think they're, like, I think they're probably legitimately – I don't think I have them in my top 10. I think they'll, they'll probably finish top 10 in the country. Uh, so Oregon won. Washington State two. Yep, 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 yep. Put them, uh, putting them ahead of the Huskies. Yeah. I've got Washington three ahead of Cal – who is four, even though Cal beat them, but I think that will, you know, Cal will have a, enough bad losses over the course of the year that uh, we can flip those back. Stanford is 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 second to last, and then, and then Oregon State. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So yours? I had Cal ahead of Washington, but I'm I'm not going to argue with it. Um, I I think that the having gross. Uh, Gross ineptitude offensively for Cal is balanced out by elite defensive play. And I don't know what Washington does that's elite right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think – I don't know what's 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 going on at Washington. Uh, maybe we just have too high – like the expectations got a little bit too high where we shouldn't just expect them to be contended for playoffs every year yet. Um, but 
they're they've they've just they've tailed off a little bit um and I just feel like they should be better. I just feel like they should be better. I think that we I think that we hold different expectations for the Chris Peterson Washington program than Chris Peterson even does. Right. <laughs> I think that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And I just I mean, I think that he's like, Oh, well, we lost the football game. No big deal. There'll be another one. Time to go back to the drawing board. It's just football, guys. Right. And you and I are like, what? How? How did you let this happen? Like, we are putting life and death stakes on, uh, on like the outcomes of whether or not the Washington's going to win enough games in the in the right spots to be able to contend for a playoff. And I, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's the view inside that building in Seattle. I do think that there's, I mean, well, let's see what they do. I mean, ultimately, they did score a lot of points against Hawaii. Um, they've so they really only have of the three games their offense has really only looked bad once of the three. Cal's going to make some other people look bad. But let's see what they let's see how their offense looks the rest of the year, but I think there's there's a little bit of reason for hesitation in that, you know, or did we just was 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 Jonathan Smith a big deal? Mm-hmm. You know, was was that is is not having him around a big deal. I, I I just I don't know. They they've got to me talented receivers. They've got talented running backs. They've got NFL offensive linemen. They've got an NFL quarterback. What else what else do you need to have a really good offense? If like for some reason I just think if if that if you just swapped personnel between with you know change their jersey, swap personnel Put this Washington team. I don't know. Pick a team. USC. US. Well, no. I was, I was thinking like a team, like a team that typically otherwise does deliver, like Georgia, uh, Ohio State, um, uh, Oklahoma. You know, if you just sort of put these guys in the, one of those uniforms and vice versa, I, I kind of have a hunch that they'd be be a little bit more efficient uh, in in those other uniforms, but. That could be that could be overstepping things. It never seems easy for this Washington team, right? That's that could be coaching, as you mentioned. Um, all right, I'll take the so I just have Washington and Cal flipped from yours, and uh, yeah, Stanford at five is shocking to me. So my Pac-12 South, USC one. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Utah one, USC two, Arizona State three. Arizona four, Colorado five, UCLA nineteenth. Right, <laughs> right. UCLA in the Mountain West. Right, absolutely relegation, a hundred percent. San Diego State sixth. Um, yeah, I'm with you. All the way. I think no. I got so I have. I actually no. Mine's actually slightly different. I got Utah one. I've got Arizona State at two. Hmm. I, you know, maybe that's a little bit of an overreaction. I, I think obviously USC is still a uh, more talented team, probably, but I, I just got a feeling that this Arizona State team, particularly with the way the defense has played early in the season, I think it's more likely the offense gets better and meets meets the defense where it is than not. And, and especially because I think Jaden Daniels has a little bit of some some nice intangibles to them confidence uh you know benjamin we know so i just i just sort of like the way they they gutted that one out against michigan state so i'm going them to i trust them more usc tough game they didn't gut out so i'm putting them behind arizona state and then i i trust colorado more than i trust arizona though i think that was a quality win to beat texas tech and then ucla needs no explanation (laughs) How do you think right now from what we've seen from Colorado, tough uh, overtime loss to Air Force over the weekend, unable to replicate their, uh, you know, their overtime heroics. Do you think that that team is going to be a bowl team this year? Uh, Without looking at their schedule, what are they at? They got two and one right now. Mm -hmm. So without looking at their schedules, they got to get, they got to get four. They got to go four and five. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I lean yes. I know. I lean yes. I lean they get to six and six. 
I've changed my tone big time on Colorado and the math, the math helps when you beat Nebraska. Like if you're going into the season, the win total was set at four and a half. That's probably the odds makers looking at the Nebraska game and being like, all right, if it, you know, if they beat Nebraska, that's, that's your five and seven. If they lose, uh, that's your four and eight. They win that game. So in my head, I'm like, all right, so you're probably at five and seven. Have they exceeded expectations or have you improved your power rating of Colorado enough that you think they will get one more conference win than you thought they were going to get heading into the season? My answer is yeah, I think so. I mean, there's other, like, there's certainly not uh, in, in, an, in a Pac-12 that at first I thought was really, really fluid. I, I do think that there's some, some games that they should expect to win. So should be interesting. Uh, coming up on the other side, we will take a look at re-racking our rankings for the Big 12, the Big 10, and the Southeastern Conference. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. Are right, you want to go Big Ten? Yeah, let's do Big Ten. All right, I'll start with the Big Ten East. I got your beloved 19 or the 2020 Tesla Performance Sports Car Ohio State Buckeyes uh, at number one, going Penn State number two, Michigan at three, Maryland at four, Michigan State at five, Indiana Rutgers. Interesting. I wonder if most – I would guess that most people – I've got Ohio State 1, Penn State 2 also. I I would suspect even dis, even with all the preseason Michigan hoopla and hype, don't you think probably most people would agree with that assessment right now? Yes. Or, or no. Do you think that there's still a pretty, pretty strong Michigan contingent out there that thinks they're the second-best team in the division? I think that Penn State – uh, Penn State is not perfect. I'm not saying that Penn State is, you know, has dominated their way and seized their way to that number two spot. I see in sort of my mind, both Penn State and Michigan have their failings, but Penn State, because of its explosiveness, like with KJ Hamler, Ricky Slade, like it just, it just seems like they're a more dangerous football team because of an apparent advantage and just sort of overall team speed. Right, I'm, I agree with that. I, Michigan or Penn State is, is to me kind of a team I could see trudging through a game where they've got 80 plays, and on 76 of those plays, they're averaging 3.4 yards per play, and on the other four, they go for 70. Right. You know. Yes. Like it's just Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so that I think gives them something Michigan doesn't have that I don't look at Michigan and I'm like boy you have uh you've got three to four game-changing explosive play touchdowns or you know explosives uh in your offense right now because I just haven't seen it right so yeah I've got this will be interesting what you think of this I got Ohio State one Penn State two also so three four five is Michigan State Michigan Maryland Am I crazy for thinking Michigan? Because Michigan State is sort of the deal where, I mean, identity is important to me. Um, Culture well, is important to Barton. Yeah, like I value those sort of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you at your core? Who are you? <laughs> you get so guttural when you start talking about it. <laughs> I know who Michigan State is. Sure. That What they did against Arizona State, that is that is. 
Like that is a Michigan State team. Mm-hmm. It's almost comforting. Oh man, no, yeah, there they are. Man, those are my guys, Michigan State. Oh, good, good close loss, guys. They came out with the tire <laughs> iron. Yeah. I guess if if that was a if that was a forty five to forty two shootout that they lost, then maybe I would have I would have lost a little faith in their who they are. But I still think when when Michigan State plays Michigan. I've got to – I don't know if the game – I feel like I know how that game's going to go. It's going to – Michigan State is going to drag Michigan down into the into the, the pit and and they're going to fight their style. And Michigan still might win that game. But I think there's something to be said for, for being able to dictate the style. And I think that – you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if that explanation is, is – warrants this but I I just like Michigan State a little better right now look I I fully grant that Michigan could could iron this all out and be looking looking clean and pretty uh, a couple weeks in here but right now I like Michigan State a little more followed by Michigan followed by a Maryland team that eh, may have been a little little fool's gold in week two maybe that Syracuse no, team no, 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 no. See, I came back. You and I were even talking about Maryland in this way. I was wondering why it was a sort of a sticky conversation for me mentally. And I think it was because we had it on this podcast and we were trying to figure out, you know, how to – Maryland had those kind of a weird season last year. and They uh, they had that wild game with Ohio State. They obviously started the year by beating Texas. And we were trying to sort of put our finger on the Terps. And it, it really had to do with – the hit and miss, like hit, they were hit and miss offensively. You know they've got you know, Anthony McFarland, and they've got some some awesome skill position players. But you watch them on a down to down basis, and they don't look good. But they hit enough of those plays, um, so enough that they are able to, when they get rolling, be able to beat up on a team like Syracuse. But when it doesn't happen. You know they're going to get into a rock fight with Temple, and you know not be able to to come out with those key plays that they need. I thought Josh Jackson looked bad. I thought my man, my guy, <laughs> Josh Jackson looked bad. And watching a lot of that Maryland Temple game sort of had me back in that mindset of, oh yeah, Maryland is dangerous um, because of the athleticism of their skill position players, but they're not good enough to replicate that success on a consistent basis. Yeah, I agree. I think that's I think that's a good take on it and perspective. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm being all of a sudden dismissive of Maryland because they lost to Temple. Um, I I would I, I Ohio State's clearly the best team of the division. I think Penn State is slightly ahead of the others at number two. And Michigan State, Michigan, Maryland, you could shuffle them up and I wouldn't I wouldn't have a a major argument with any order of that, which is kind of crazy to say. Like, I, I think it's defensible to have Maryland third. Right. Um, I think it's defensible to have Michigan State third. I think it's defensible to have Michigan third, obviously. And probably the safest bet here is that Michigan's third. Like, that is that is very easy to envision Michigan getting this figured out and looking sharp or whatever. But um, I think Michigan being in this conversation with Maryland and Michigan State is indicative of the disappointment. Michigan should not be in a conversation for third place with Michigan State and Maryland. Well, look, they're playing. They're going to Wisconsin this weekend. I know. I'm so excited. Finally, for both those teams. And they're a three-point underdog, I believe. Isn't that right? And they're so, which which basically says Vegas is calling them a pick them on a on a neutral field. I, I'm just going to be very interested to see what the like what the public money does on that uh, Vegas line. Are how, they how that line dances from yeah, here? Yeah, is, is is that going to be? Are people going to agree with that? Are people going to still start to to jump on Michigan and and feel like there's value there, or is that line going to climb because you know no, every, everyone's abandoned ship on Michigan? That, that I think that's going to be telling. Mm. Um, all right, so you want to? Oh, we got to do the Big Ten West. We got to do the West. All right, I've got Wisconsin one. Yes. Iowa two. Yes. Northwestern three. Ooh, okay. Nebraska four, Minnesota five, Purdue six, and Tom Fernelli's fighting a lion nine number seven. I mean, mine is the exact same as yours, except for take 
Northwestern out of three and move them down to uh, to to six behind Purdue. Wow! All right, so make the Minnesota argument for me. They it's a little bit of the similar to the Michigan Michigan State argument is they've yeah it's been ugly but they've won three games against three teams that are pretty tricky non-conference teams. I mean who's who's the who's the genius that said scheduled South Dakota State and Fresno State and Georgia Southern in one year? Who is that? Who is that guy? <laughs> help help us out a little bit. Yeah. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you yeah, mix in a mix in a bad Mac team? Mix in a mix in a directional Michigan team. Oh, East, you know, Eastern Michigan, you know, they they would disagree with that. But, you know, mix in a, a an FCS team that we can stretch our legs with a little bit. Um that, that, I mean, that's I think that those those wins count. And so, I like the I like the fact that they in fact, I toyed with having them above Nebraska. Um just because, in some ways, I think what they've done is more impressive. They've won some close games against some, I think, quality teams. Um, I mean, Nebraska was lucky to get out. of I mean, Nebraska couldn't even move the ball against South Alabama effectively. So, like, let's and they and and Nebraska collapsed against Colorado. I just think there's some, there's still some flaws Nebraska is is, is working through, and the the Northwestern one is where I want to hear from you. Like, do you? Do you do you have trust in this Northwestern team, or is it just hey, your classic Northwestern team? Uh, it's never going to look pretty, but they're going to figure out a way to win. Right? Yeah, it is. It's far more of a uh, it's far more of a program endorsement, you know, than than specific. We haven't we haven't seen much, and uh, and I do. I mean, we get them against Michigan State. They go Michigan State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa as their next couple games. So we, I, we could come out of this and um, with a little bit of a different tune, but I'm going to say they get uh, at least one of those. And so we'll see how it goes from here. I think that the, mm, yeah, maybe I'm putting too much in the program. I don't know. Like they're, they're only going to be favored in like two more games this year. I think. Wow. I mean, maybe they'll be favored against Purdue. You don't but, think? The, yeah, they'll be favored against Purdue and Illinois. Right. I'm sorry. So yeah, yeah. So UMass and UMass. So the so they'll play. So th- so then, right? So are they favored against Purdue? Are they favored against? Are they favored at Indiana? I don't think they'll be favored at Indiana. Damn. Northwestern might not be a bowl team. I and look, I but they might be, oh, and they might be too. I know that's the thing about Northwestern is it's just such a like it's such a weird. I'm like I, I'm sitting here throwing them in the middle of the Big Ten West because of course they'll figure it out. They're Northwestern. Yeah, I'm not a believer. And then and 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 yet I won't be surprised if they beat Ohio State. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, 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 on a Friday because it's like a Friday night game. I think, and I think yeah, it's going to end up being twenty to nineteen. And uh, and something crazy is going to happen. Uh, all right, SEC, SEC. Do you want? Uh, let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go east first. Okay. All right. George, uh, I, go Georgia ahead. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you got? Two. Florida. I put. I don't know. I put Missouri two. So my argument for Florida, and I thought about this a lot because I'm very much down on the Gators, but they've got dudes. That was my explanation. Is when when nothing's really working, and and when it's it, it seems like you're up against it, and Felipe Franks has been knocked out. You know what? That pass to Josh Hammond only needs to go about two yards. He'll take it the other seventy five. Like they've right. they've just. They've got some extraordinary talent at a couple of positions, and I think that is some put-you-over-the-top type stuff. I do not think they are a fantastic team, but I think that they are a capable team, and the way that they separate themselves from Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina 
is with dudes. And so that's why I got Florida too. <clears throat> See, I, I just feel like this year with with Florida's offensive line not being great, with them having some, you know, being a little banged up and not being quite as deep to, on defense, it just doesn't feel like this is a year where it goes chalk one, two. Like it just feels like someone else sneaks up into that number two spot in the division. And Missouri strikes me as the best candidate. Um, and, you know, so so that's, that's just, it's just kind of my hunch. I got Florida three. Who do you have three? At number three, I've got Kentucky. Right. And I've got Kentucky four. Missouri four. Okay. South Carolina? South Carolina, Tennessee, Vandy. Yeah, and, and South Carolina, I, I mean, on on review so far of that Alabama game, I think they showed some encouraging signs. And it feels like there's – I feel it feels like most South Carolina fans are come away from that game more encouraged than not, even though it was a blowout. Uh, but that – you know, I think that's – those are going to be some good games between like Kentucky and – like that Missouri, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina – tier there's gonna be some some really good games amongst them and i i wouldn't put it past tennessee and vanderbilt to being right there with that tier like it could just be georgia and a a whole mess of second tier right i do not believe and that's the thing that was like the when it comes to picking a sec champion or a conference champs just re-racking the conference champs i didn't think was going to have much intrigue or conversation because it's it's interesting to talk about who the second team, second best team in the SEC East is, but it ain't interesting to talk about the first because Georgia exists way above the rest of that group. Right. Uh, are are you going to make any changes in the West to the top? I am. Oh yes. All right. <laughs> so I've got Alabama still at number one. I got LSU at one. Yeah. I I think, but my, my part of my concern is that. I mean, Alabama, now LeBron Ray sounds like he's maybe out for an extended period of time, if not the season. Um, and so now we got potentially two fresh, two, two true freshman defensive linemen starting, two true freshman linebackers starting. Um, you've got, and I, and I think the way things are going with LSU is these games are going to start turning into shootouts. And, when you're when it's a shootout, then you're just talking about hey one or two plays here and there the difference and I, I mean it's not it's not like to where I think LSU is clearly the better team than Alabama I just I think they seem to be like this just doesn't the the year doesn't seem to be going Alabama's way does that make sense like it just it doesn't with the injuries they've had with the the way the game is moving and with LSU sort of seeming to have found themselves offensively in a way that they can maximize their talent. I just, I think if I were re-racking it today, I just think I, I have a little more confidence in LSU. There, I had never really was a like, you know, ride or die for the brand of Alabama football. I didn't hate Alabama football growing up, but didn't love Alabama football's it's really been something that's been nurtured in me here in the Saban era, uh, probably because of proximity, uh, working for CBS Sports and being so close to the SEC. So let me tap into the little Alabama homer of my brain. You ready for this hot take? Yeah. I mean, it's really better for Alabama come like the postseason to have all these freshmen playing because they won't be thinking about the NFL draft. Ooh, okay. <laughs> all right. They're still going to be. They're still. Uh, they're still deep in the process. the 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 focus of the process is in full command. Your 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 mind isn't drifting elsewhere. This is this is only going to make Alabama better. No, the the depth is certainly an issue. And when we consider it with the way that Alabama plays right now, with uh, you know, just just pushing the ball down the field, spreading it out among the wide receivers, scoring a lot, Alabama gets in shootouts right now. And so Alabama LSU, you're 100% right. Alabama LSU played 
that nine to six game in 2011 and in 2019 it's going to be 50 to 45 it really uh, yeah and the team that is not deep and who is going to be gassed out there on those final possessions where you need to stop that's probably going to be alabama that is like very real concern uh and i've got lsu number two so no argument i think it's fun that you took a swing at it i believe this will be out here this will be out shortly on monday but i will break some news here in minute 49 if <laughs> if, if it hasn't happened all right r.i.p the, the mentions from the bama fans uh alabama jumped clemson for number one in our cbs sports 130 um oh really yeah i wonder why that would be people people jumping i mean trevor with every interception that trevor lawrence throws people start doubting the long-haired uh the long-haired chosen one well, I mean, here's the and, – and, and this is more predict – like what we're doing right now is is basically predicting order of finish. Right. Uh, and I, I still have – in my CBS 130, I still have Alabama number one because they're number one to start the season. They still haven't shown any – you know, they're, they're, they've still been playing good football. They – I think they deserve to be the number one team. And they, you know, they had a – didn't have their best showing defensively against South Carolina, and they won by whatever they won by, 26 or whatever it was. They they, they never never sweat. It wasn't quite and, enough to cover the spread, though. Not with that late South Carolina score. So what, what did they ultimately win by? Let's see. Final score for Alabama and... 47-23, so 24 points. Yeah, with the 25-and-a-half uh, yeah, so point spread. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, um, but again, I think that's the, the – it doesn't – like that's a garbage time touchdown. Alabama blew them out. And and I think you still – Alabama, because of that offense, I think this still deserves to be the number one team in the country. But that 23 points is a bigger number than you're used to seeing with Alabama. And I think that's – there's a reason for that. And it's partially the the lack of experience they have on the defense, and particularly in the front seven. I've got Auburn number three. Okay, I've got A and M number three. Got A and M number four. Yeah, I'm not. I think that who's Auburn play this weekend? Oh, it's them. It's yeah. From College Station, we will have Auburn at Texas A and M, three thirty p.m. Eastern time on CBS. What's the line on that game? I haven't seen I, it yet. I I really like A and M to win that game. Do you like A&M to win that game? I'm going to set it right now in my head at six and a half. Oh, you think it would be that big? Yeah. A&M's a good like football. You're, you're, you're not all alone in this like Texas A&M's a really good football team. It feels like it because the conversation about Auburn, Alabama, and LSU is much more lively. And those are teams that have won the SEC West and played for SEC championships while Texas A&M has not won the SEC West or played for an SEC championship during its limited time. But I I don't think that... Uh, early, early line looks like A&M minus four. four. And I, I kind of like A&M on that. So for, for whatever reason, I know it's not a key number, but six and a half is a little scarier. But I, it might get up to six and a half. Yeah. Because I, I might not be alone there. But I, I, I do like A&M. Uh, I, I like A&M there. Okay. And then uh, Mississippi State, f- five, Ole Miss, yeah. six, Arkansas, seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. WTF, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. No, I mean, uh, I mean, I think that I wasn't super, I wasn't like overly shocked that they lost to Kansas State. I think Kansas State's pretty good. And I think Mississippi State is. I mean, they were playing their backup quarterback. They were playing. They're still playing without all these, you know, a couple key defenders that are messing around through suspensions. Um, so I think that's a defensible loss by Mississippi State, and I still think they're a tier above the Ole Miss Arkansas group. And Arkansas definitely number seven. No, no chance that you're you're going to bump them out there, even with uh, Ole Miss being what it is. Well, I mean, Ole Miss. Ole Miss beat them and should have beat them worse than they did. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. So, you know, head to gotta head. do that. All right. Now it's time. You wanted you wanted to hold it off. The 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 just 
the this old wild spaghetti western, the shootout. Everyone's holding guns to each other's head. It's a total <laughs> standoff. All right, Oklahoma's one. Oklahoma's one. Texas is two. And, and Texas, I think you got to say is two. All right, now, now comes the what, the the WTF tier. Whew. All right, who, who, who do you have three? Oklahoma State. Feel Me good too. about it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Oklahoma State three because they have. I mean, they're still their defense is is still an Oklahoma State defense, but they do have a quarterback. They do have a big play, potentially every play in Tylen Wallace, and they have. Uh, let's see. I'm just scanning it real quick. Yeah, they got the best back in the conference, in Chuba Hubbard. Um. I mean, that's a, that is a fun offense. Yeah, I mean, I just you you go Sanders, Hubbard, Wallace, and that is one of the like most fun little trios that you could have in terms of uh, your quarterback, your running back, and your wide receiver. And Mike Gundy is the Mike Gundy's sitting there with the video game controls. It is it is video game offense in the sense that I really only want three players to touch the ball, and those three players can put up fifty points a game. Together. I mean, that's hey, this weekend, this is a great weekend. It is Oklahoma State, Texas <sighs> is that. I mean, that's going to tell us a lot. I think I see I, that going any number of ways. I might pick Oklahoma State in that game. Be, I mean, there's, there is. Oh, I was thinking about that real. name. Hey, if, if you're Florida State, would you go make a run at Mike Gundy? Well, yeah, I thought about him too, but. Uh, how how many like is Mike Gundy really going to keep on doing this? Keep on flirting with? Uh, it just feels like that is just another charade for Mike Gundy to get more money. And if I'm Florida State, do I want to fire Willie Taggart to engage in a Mike Gundy charade to to meet Mike Gundy in the Dallas airport? I don't I don't I don't know I don't think I'm not fired up to do that. That's if they enter into the, if they enter into that process with or without you know any conversations with Mike Gundy, I'd give them a look. You know, I mean, the, I I also assume that Mike Gundy could just retire, you know, like after this season and just be I'm going to go hunt rattlesnakes on Saturdays instead of having to worry about coaching football. But he might he might be able to re- recognize that, uh, you know, he leads Oklahoma State, let's say, to the Big Twelve championship game this year. And they don't win it, but they got there. That stock's going to be pretty high for Mike Gundy. And if he wants to get get one last big like payout, I don't know if it would come from uh, a massive you know lifetime extension at Oklahoma State. That kind of feels like you're you're setting yourself up to eventually have people get sick of you, right? Like he's already he's already cra- crossed a couple thresholds that most coaches don't even hit. And so I guess it kind of depends on how you want the, not the final, but at least probably the later stages of your professional career to go. Right. But he does, he's got uh, a few kids that are in, I think high school and it's my, and and he's got a a redshirt freshman, Spencer Sanders, a quarterback who's might be his best quarterback. It's early. It's game three, but he can run, would, boy. That's it's so different su- than Mason Rudolph. Wouldn't be surprising if he turns out to be the best quarterback Mike Gundy's had. Yeah. So would you want to abandon that? Um, I don't know. Who you got for? Iowa State. Yeah, and and hey, I'm an Iowa State believer, and I don't. I'm not a loss by one point to Iowa. It means basically nothing to me right they're they're basically exactly who i thought they were they're gonna beat iowa by three or less or lose by three or less and hey they lost by three or less okay they're who we thought we were so iowa won with a punt it doesn't get any more iowa iowa state than winning with a punt right exactly so yeah i and and i would be fine with putting them four however i i went tcu here for and i just i mean they uh, big, uh, 
Say, well, a lot of Lua and Darius Anderson got loose on Purdue. Okay, but that's you know, Purdue's going to probably have a few other guys that, that rest for a lot of yards. I think Max Duggan is going to become a really good quarterback for them as he gets more and more time. And I think that Gary Patterson's defense is is going to be really good this year. I, I feel like there's a little more there for me to trust in TCU, even – with a smaller sample size than Iowa State, so I've got them four, but I have no. I, but this is where we're at in terms. Like I could, I would be fine flipping any of this Oklahoma State, Iowa State tier. Like that all is, I'm comfortable with any order of those three. That's not where I draw. I draw the line after Iowa State at Baylor, and I don't know about TCU and Baylor. That's I've got TCU as my five, Baylor as my six. And I don't think that I've got a great handle on either one of those teams, but I believe them to be below Oklahoma State and Iowa State and then above Kansas State and Texas Tech. Yeah, see, here's here's the hard thing about for a school like Texas. Like, again, Oklahoma, I think, is a clear tier above. Right. And Texas is really good. I mean, they may be a top 10 team in the country, but I'm not sure if Texas is, is really good enough to – sweep Oklahoma State, TCU, Iowa State, Baylor, and I'm going to put Kansas State in there too. Sure. I mean, that's what's so tough about the Big 12 is the the middle of the conference I think is by far, by far the best middle of the conference in the country. Mm. You know, like who who I may be like the Big 10 if you if you believe some of these Michigan states, Maryland's, um, Iowa's, I mean that may, may be the Big Ten, but man, I'm pretty scared of Oklahoma State, TCU, Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas State as a as a middle of the conference. I would I would lean if if I'm taking the Iowa, Michigan's, and Maryland going up against. You know, Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, Kansas State. I do think Big Ten gets the edge there, but I think that's what makes the Big 12 and the Big Ten two of the stronger conferences from what we've seen so far. Yeah. So, I so I mean, and, and Baylor, but because that's the reason I, I got to thinking that is like just you talked about, um, you know, not being sure who, how you rank TCU, Baylor. Like that's another one where, I just, I mean, Texas has got to survive against Oklahoma State, but they got to survive against Baylor later in the year. I think they're, I think that's games at Waco. They got to survive against TCU. They got to survive. I mean, that's, I mean, Texas. It's better because they got that big target on their back, and they got the, they are the burn orange and the flagship program and all that. I mean, never mind, they're good, and that's going to put a target on their back. But it's Texas, and that's going to put a target on their back, and there's a bunch of teams that are capable of tooling up and and winning a big game but that's what you i mean you want that like you sure you want that if you are texas and you're trying to reestablish yourself as uh, a national power you want you want those to be really good tests you don't want your time of supremacy to be at the expense of the big 12 being good or you know everyone was bad so texas backed into a big 12 championship like in the era of the big 12 it's mostly been Oklahoma and it's only, you know, Texas's inability to escape some of these losses that you're talking about that have prevented the Longhorns from winning more outright conference titles than they have. And I, I think that it is good for Texas as a way to, to test itself and to continue to grow stronger with the fact that they're going to have to go on the road with a big old target on their back, because that's, that's how you get used to being the big boy. That's how you build up sort of the identity that's going to allow you to be dominant on a year-in, year-out basis. I agree. Uh, yeah, you welcome that. Bring yeah. it on. Let's go. But, but that's and, and that's why the Big 12 is probably the, the conference that's going to be the most fun in all of college football this year. Uh, so I've got, I guess that's Iowa State 4, TCU 5, Baylor 6, Kansas State 7. Uh, I have Kansas State seven. Yep. Texas Tech eight. Yeah. West, West Virginia, Virginia. Kansas. Yeah. And oh, I forgot. I didn't even put Kansas on mine. <laughs> Dude, they got it. Power five win. <laughs> That's right. 
They, yeah, they could. They you could make a case. You could the, make a case for them. The bottom make case. Make a case for Texas Tech last. So then you got then you remind yourself Kansas lost to Coastal Carolina the week before, but Kansas but no. State just beat an SEC team. West Virginia just beat an ACC team, and Kansas just beat an ACC team. The bottom of the Big Twelve got Power Five wins. Two of them on the road this weekend. Best conference in college football. Best conference in college football. So much fun. Oh, all right. We will be back later this week. We're taking deep dives into Georgia, Notre Dame, Auburn, Texas A&M, all of that. You want to make sure that you subscribe uh, to the Cover 3 podcast so that you can get all those episodes first. You can follow Barton Simmons on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Barton, thank you very much. Deserve.